And it is Bears Week. Thank you for tuning into the Lockdown Corner this week. Big week just because of the rivalry. Bears suck. Packers are awesome. But before we get into all of that nonsense, please make sure you follow on Apple and Spotify or wherever you may get your podcasts. You can follow, subscribe, and follow us on YouTube. We are live streaming there and also Facebook. But enough promotion. It's Bears Week. Let's get into it with the... News and notes from the league. All right. So Bears week. Really, the big news this week is injury news. Rodgers has come out. Aaron Rodgers, that is, has come out and said he and the toe are feeling good. It will probably won't be 100% the rest of the way, but... Hey, it didn't seem to affect him against the Rams. So I guess, I mean, I guess the toe is an issue, but it sure hasn't shown that way. No, and not at all. I mean, what's, what's there much to say about it, but it doesn't look like it's affecting him at all. You know, whether, whether he was going to go through surgery or not, I mean, I think he's going to play lights out the rest of the season without a doubt. I mean, besides that, nothing. I don't got much to say about that, Alec. Yeah, I mean, when you look at his uh... – when you look at, you know, how he's been playing thus far with it, it, it looks like as, as long as he's getting those injections, pretty much uh, gets rid of the factor of the toe. So the only thing that scares me a little bit is the lack of practice. Not not for him, obviously. I mean, he's for sure got the timing down. He's got the playbook down. But for some of these younger guys, it may affect them a little bit. So hope he can get a little bit more practice in. But, yeah, I'm not very concerned about it. One of the commenters, if you're watching a live stream, uh, we never really addressed it at the start of the show, and this just happened off air before we went live. Um, Honeydew is Alec. Um, Dustin and I were comparing him to the Honeydew in the fruit salad, where nobody likes his opinions. Nobody likes the Honeydew, but it's there because it makes it complete. You need the Honeydew in that salad. and we But were- you can also do without it, though. You could also probably do without it, but we need him here. And obviously, actually, you know what? We haven't done this. Dustin and I did it on Big L's Big Five. We have not done it here on the actual lockdown corner feed. Alec, congratulations. You are engaged. We have not put it to your face yet, but congratulations to you and your beloved fiance on your engagement. Thanks. Me and my honeydew are honeydewing the best we can here. Um, and we're we're really excited about being uh, being locked up here. It's together forever, just like a lockdown nation, you know. So <laughs> the honeydew thing. Oh, <laughs> anyway, enough lovey dovey talk. Although, congratulations, it is a big deal. So. From the Lockdown Corner family to your future family, congratulations. I am the Lockdown Corner family, though, too. So does that mean that I'm wishing myself a congratulations? Sure. I like it. <laughs> From all, all three of us here at the Lockdown Corner. Give yourself a pat in the back, Alec. Give yourself a pat in the back, sir. <laughs> Uh, we do, this isn't super breaking, but because we never use this imaging, it's kind of breaking. So let's just get into this. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent news story. Breaking news. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen right now. 
So the somewhat breaking news, this was news to me, Jair Alexander back at practice today. So we didn't, we heard kind of rumors that maybe coming up, sort of, all of a sudden that they're back or well, not they, but he's back. And the crazy thing is, is they still have two all pros that could potentially be added to the squad late in the season. That is wild. And the truth is, I mean, they're, they're add-ons. The way this team is playing right now, they would be okay if those guys didn't come back How with how well they're playing. So the fact that David Bakhtiari, he did not practice today. It does not look like he's going to be back this week, but it's coming. Zedarius Smith, there, there were kind of rumors. Matt LaFleur floated out there. Potentially all three would be back this week. I, If I was a betting man, I would say Jair probably is not back this week. However, the fact that he's practicing is super, super encouraging. So Bakhtiari, Zadaria Smith, Jair Alexander, all three, all pros, are coming back for the stretch run. And if anything, Alec, that's a huge add-on to this team. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially when you look at it. I love your analysis of, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the most cracker analysis you could come up with. Um, so when you look at especially the way that Bach is going to help to solidify the offensive line that's played so well, even though it's just been, you know, held together by paper clips and chewing gum. Um if you bring him back into the mix, I feel like it really solidifies that offensive line as one of the best in the league, which is scary. You know, it's scary to the rest of the NFL because we are without most of our starters. Um, then you look at bringing Jair back into the mix in that secondary. I mean, Razul Douglas is a legitimate corner in this league. He really is. I mean, I, I was... He was a practice squad guy a month ago. That's the whole thing that's yeah. nuts about this. And I was talking so much. Well, I wasn't talking so much trash, but I did have jokes uh, about us signing Razul Douglas over Stefan Gilmore. But man, I I I think he might be making the exact same amount of uh, of an impact as Stefan Gilmore would have. So when you put Jair in, you've got him number one. You've got Stokes and and Douglas fighting it out for two and three. And then you've got a very solid number four and Kevin King coming off the bench. I mean, that secondary is going to be solid. And then you look at Zadarius. I mean, Gary has been taking just leaps and bounds forwards. Preston has been looking very good again this year. And I mean, our, our center or the, uh, the D tackle in the center of that line, uh, Kenny you know, Clark, is that Kenny, the name you're looking yeah, for? Yeah, there it is. Kenneth, <laughs> Kenneth. All pro Kenny Clark. Yeah, Kenneth is looking like he might be one of the best in the league at his position. So, I don't know. I'm very happy because we're adding to groups that are already excelling but could definitely use some depth. Yeah, I mean, you just look at who we're missing and how good this team still is. I mean, that's like Alex said, this is scary for every team in the NFL right now. Seeing that the Packers are doing as well as they are and they're missing – three of their best players. I mean, that's just ridiculous. You think of any other team in the NFL right now, if, they miss, if they're missing three of their best players, they're horrible. I mean, you, you think of, like, the Cowboys. If they lose, like, Dak, Micah Parsons, and, you know, Zeke, if they lose those three players, like, they're screwed. 
Like, they got no offense. Like, you look at the Patriots. Like, if they lose Mac Jones, uh, Matthew Judon, who's been really underrated this year, and, like, another guy, they're horrible. They're horrible. Just to think that we're still that good, like you said, with a guy who was in a practice squad a month ago. And, I mean, like what Roger said, I don't know if you guys saw the comment, but he literally said, I can't believe this guy was on a practice squad. He said he couldn't believe it. None of us can either. How is this guy that is making – Alexander type plays on our team on a practice squad a month ago. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, the signings are obviously just fantastic. And I just, I can't wait to be at full force again. It's going to be a lot of fun. Say what you want about Brian Gutekunz. And he is, I mean, Lord knows on this very show, we have kind, we bashed him a little bit with all the Rogers stuff. Not only did he bring Rogers back with the help of LaFleur, obviously, but he's been able to sign guys since he started after the Ted Thompson era. He's gotten Zadarius out of nowhere. Billy Turner, who's been – say what you will about Billy Turner. He has ups and downs. But for what they're paying him, fine. Good enough at this point anyway. Preston Smith. Rasul Douglas this year. Chris Barnes, undrafted free agent. Like They are finding these guys that are making a huge impact right now. And the Kevin King thing – I mean, say what you want about that. I'm not, I'm not saying he's a solid number one, but as a number four, I mean, come on. You, sure. you, don't, get, you don't get much better than Kevin King at number four, except for a twisted soft serve cone. I would take that over Kevin King. <laughs> I mean, the, and I mean, but just bringing him back and having the wherewithal to at least think, okay, he'll be three or four depending on how Stokes turn out, which that draft pick, we all, we watched the draft together in a, in an episode that will never see the light of day. Bad, bad. bad. Yeah. Are, are we still going to release that at some point? It's a, it's a, just a little special. Cause that I, was, I mean, it was a, it was a shit show. I'm not going to lie. That was awful because I, Alex I, said that Mac Jones was going to get picked like seven times, but <laughs> it was fun. I was really concerned about what the Denver Broncos were doing at nine, which in hindsight, they probably should have taken Mac Jones, but <laughs> Regardless, and side note, sidebar, may I approach? You may. Uh, that computer is doesn't even work anymore that I was recording that on, so it went down with the ship, and I am okay with that. But no, I mean, we all, at the time of the Stokes pick, were like, oh, Jesus, why didn't they get a receiver? This is just going to piss off Rodgers more, blah, blah, blah. Stokes has been a baller. For a first-year corner, which I would argue is one of the toughest positions to play, Eric Stokes has been awesome. Like, you cannot ask any more from a, a corner, but a rookie corner to be doing this consistently and with Alexander out. But even with Alexander in, you could have made an argument, not a strong one, but you can make an argument. He was their best corner earlier this season too. So it, the fact that Gutekunst has been able to get all these guys together and make something of kind of uh, – it was a – this offseason was garbage. It was a hot garbage. It was a dumpster fire. It was awful. We all know that. But, I mean, he should win executive of the year. No question. To be able to kind of hold everything together, put them in contention, we'll see if they get there, to the number one seed in the conference. Like, I give the hat to you, sir, because there's not a lot of GMs that could have done that. Also, I mean, is there really an argument against Matt LaFleur for coach of the year this year? I mean, for him to be able to hold this team 
in the mindset that they've been able to achieve this season with all of the outside noise, not even just in the offseason, but during the season. I mean, for a guy that young to be able to be leading a team in the way that he is with the circumstances surrounding it, I don't know if anybody is even close in that conversation. What do you guys think about that, LaFleur, for the year? Belichick. I, uh, two weeks ago, I would have said, hell yeah, lock it in. Like, that, that's wrapped up. LaFleur's got it. But what New England is doing with a rookie quarterback is pretty freaking incredible. So I would say, as of right now, if, you know, I was placing hard-earned money on it, I would probably vote Belichick. And actually, I'll look up the stats, Dustin, while you give your – I'll look up the odds. Because I'm interested to see how that race actually is right now. It's got to be LaFleur and Belichick at this point. Maybe Kingsbury, but – Yeah, I, I I would assume that it's between Belichick or LaFleur. And like you said, I mean, just what the Patriots have done with a rookie quarterback. And, I mean, honestly, like a, a, a no-name squad on defense, like the amount they were able to do – in an offseason, it's pretty spectacular. But, I mean, in my opinion, I think LaFleur is probably going to get it. I think just because, like Alex said, of all the stuff that happened over the offseason and he wanted this season, losing all pro players and having to, like, deal with – like, not deal with, but, like, having to try to sign guys, just fill roster spots just to get people and to be able to get the talent we have to the point we are. I mean, like you said, you do – you can make a good argument for sure. Like, there's – obviously, it's pretty close, but I'd have to give the edge to LaFleur. So I looked it up, and currently, right now, Belichick is the favorite at plus 125. Kingsbury is second at plus 350, and LaFleur is third at plus 750. I might have to put some money down at 750. Yikes. I think the path, the path is there, but I think New England has to take a back seat these, past, these next couple of weeks, and I think Green Bay needs to basically win out. They have to get the one seed if that happens. And – I don't know Arizona's schedule because I don't have it in front of me. I'll look it up here. But if Green Bay can get the one seed, I mean, it would be hard to argue anybody else, especially over Kingsbury. That would elevate him over Kingsbury, obviously. So the Arizona schedule here going forward, they have the Rams at home on Monday. I'm, I'm not a believer in the Rams, and we can talk about that later. But they have not impressed me at all. But we'll get to that in a little while. Uh, at Detroit, that's a win. Indianapolis at home, probably a win. At Dallas, that'll probably be a tough game. And actually, that'll be a fun game to watch. And then at home against Seattle, probably another one. So it's going to be tough if they can at least tie Seattle, maybe get a gift. Maybe L.A. pulls one out of their asses on Monday night. But it's going to be tough to get that one seed. But the path is there. I think you can see it. as long. But they got to get that one seed if he wants a shot. Otherwise, I think it's Belichick's. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, – I don't know. It's definitely interesting. I think I, – honestly, I don't know how Kingsbury is over LeFleur right now. I really don't get it. I don't see the hype behind him as a coach in general. Um, he's good looking. I mean – Yeah, I mean, like, you just look at the squad he's looking with compared to what LeFleur worked with all season. Like, it, it's just hard to even compare the two because, I mean – Kingsbury's working with D-Hop coming from the Texans, obviously a stud, and, like, you know, how are you going to compare that to the Packers losing, you know, Adams for a game and having to work with freaking Lazar? Not even Lazar, sorry. Lazar missed that game, but, like, against the Cardinals, you, I mean, like, I just don't get it. We beat the Cardinals with a bum squad <laughs> with nobody on offense. Like, how do you how do you compare the two? Like, just doesn't make any sense. 
I, well, the argument for would be that he won crucial games and important games with Colt McCoy. I mean, it was San Francisco was the big one. Otherwise, they played kind of trash since then. But, I mean, and Colt McCoy is no scrub. If he was the backup for the Packers, I would feel fine if Rodgers took a week, extra week for the toe. Really. I, he's like the king of the backups. He's the best one you could probably have, unless I'm forgetting somebody. I, it's but, magic. Well, Fitz Magic is out for the year. So I guess this year specifically, if Colt McCoy is my backup, I feel pretty good about it. I don't but, know. Gardner Mitchell looked pretty good. He'd be a solid backup, man. That's my boy. Yeah, Minshew Mania. He's back. Sidebar may I approach. Yes, you may. <laughs> so why didn't the Steelers trade for him? I don't um, really understand. I, truthfully, if it took a six-round pick, you know they knew. They had to have known. Roethlisberger is at – He's at the, this is it. This is the last chapter. Oh. Why not? You, who are you going to find in the sixth round that's going to give you the value or return potentially of Gardner Minshew? If Minshew was the quarterback for the Steelers right now, they're pushing 10 wins. They have to be. He's so much better. And with all the weapons, he's so much better than Roethlisberger. It's crazy. Mm, 10 wins, really. I, well, yeah. That's an exaggeration, but <laughs> you understand my point. Yeah, no, I do get your point. Minshew would be leading that team much better than Big Ben would. But oh. yeah, no, I, I think, I think that you were on the right path, though. I, I feel like, yeah, they definitely should have went for him, and who knows? Maybe he'll still be up for grabs at the end of this year with, uh, with the Jags looking like they're going to continue with Trevor Lawrence. I well, the the Trevor Lawrence thing is all coaching. I mean, and also commenter, thank you as Justin Fields defender. It is Bears week, so that's why I had to double down and wear my Packers sweatshirt on the live stream because I didn't really want to hear, "Oh, you think the Bears are going to win?" We'll get there in a second because I do want to go over this game. Uh yeah, no. Colt yeah. McCoy all day. Colt McCoy all day. All I mean, day. <laughs> I hmm. I just okay. We're we're not going to get into this right this minute. Come on, just put them up. Put them up, Al. Put them up. I will. I will not. <laughs> so let's talk about this game. I don't have imaging. We don't really ever do a look forward. It's normally in the game rewind, so there's no real imaging. But let's just get into this. Bears coming to town. I will. I'm going over the injury reports right now. First of all, Justin Fields is back. Justin Fields will be starting on Sunday Night Football. If it were me running the Bears, I would not do that personally at this point. But, hey, whatever. So we have a rookie coming to Lambeau. They are without Khalil Mack. David Montgomery was listed with injuries to his shoulder, groin, and glute. Their kicker didn't practice today because of an illness. Andy Dalton, obviously, he didn't practice today, but it doesn't really matter because he's now the backup. So the Bears are pretty darn banged up. And if you watch Big Al's Big Five this past week, Sean Filippiak was my guest, who is a giant Bears fan. And he knew, I was like, oh, well, eight's a big number. Maybe the Bears can keep it close against Arizona. He goes, not the way they're they're so banged up. There's no shot. And he, By the way, he destroyed me. He will be back this week. He absolutely <laughs> obliterated me. By the way, thanks, Raiders. Freaking blew that one for me. But anyway, <laughs> besides the point, this bear squad is really banged up. And speaking of Sean is watching the show. He commented packed by 10 and a hook. Actually sports gambling 
another side note, sorry. Sports gambling is now kind of legal here. And I saw the line was at 12 and a half for Green Bay. There's no way they lose this game. I'm thoroughly convinced it will be by double digits. They won by 10 in Chicago. And that was when the offense was still not clicking. Well, now they're getting healthier and they're starting to roll. So 12 and a half, I was like, yeah, Green Bay is going to win by two touchdowns. No issues. Yeah, I'm going to up you on that one. I'm going to say I'm going to say they went by three scores in this one. I it's going to yeah. be a blow. It's going to be a bloodbath. Sorry, Sean. Sorry, you have to deal with the team that you have this year. But I'm a Packers fan, so I'm going to rub in your face. Bears still suck. Packers <laughs> by 21. <laughs> Sean, I've got a quick question for you. Just because I've never uh, been in a in a in an environment where number one people are forced to call me Honeydew, which is a power play. <laughs> number two. I've never been in an environment where I have a platform to ask instead of asking in person. So my question to you is, how did you feel when the Packers went up 42 nothing at halftime a few years back? And do you think it will be repeating this weekend? Because I do think. But, yeah, no, I, I think it's going to be on par with that game where we went up 42 nothing before halftime. We all, we've all at this in this Zoom call. We all know what the the Bears are going to try and do is run the football and somewhat hide the rookie quarterback who's also banged up. Yes, he was cleared, but still. And the only thing that gives me pause since 2019, Green Bay is two and two off a of bye week. I have noticed, and I'm sure you guys have as well. Even the first game, because now there wasn't that fourth preseason game. There was a that week in between, that rest week before the season even started. So, and they looked awful. And I remember last year, too, and I don't have that game in front of me, but I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, why do they look so bad off of a bye? So that gives me a little bit of hesitancy. But as I just said, I took the Packers 12 and a half. I think this game's not even going to be close Sunday night football. I don't know what the weather's going to look like. I don't even care. Like, the run defense for Green Bay has gotten – significantly better than where it was week one. Okay, Montgomery's banged up. You're just going to run him into the line. And sure, that might work for a quarter or two, but then you're going to have to rely on your rookie quarterback who is banged up, who, again, I'm very high on. I'm uh, definitely higher on him. (laughs) He sucks. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. I'm higher on him than everyone at the lockdown corner, and that's been well documented at this point. But to ask this rookie to come in, who, by the way, let's get – not that I want to have the Fields debate again. But he's playing, for, he's playing for a coach who's going to get fired. So he did all this time learning this new system. Well, new for him, I guess. Just for it to be thrown out the window. Already just, making excuses for next year, I see, Alex. Well, no, I'm just saying, like with Jordan Love, if Matt LaFleur was getting shit-canned this year – why have, assuming Aaron Rodgers is in the picture, why have Jordan Love go through this when he's just going to have to learn a new system? Sure, maybe there's some value to him playing, but he's going to get his ass kicked. What is the point of risking the health of what you are hoping is the future of your franchise by letting him go to a hostile environment in Green Bay where it's going to be cold? He's going to get the shit kicked out of him. I don't understand why he's playing at all, truthfully. Why not just sit him at this point? experience that's the only thing i mean how are you how are you gonna let a rookie quarterback learn if you don't play him that's the problem like yes you can you can learn to practice but like it's so limited because 
they don't, I mean, the people hardly touch you. They hardly get in your face. I mean, I don't know how it works in the NFL, but I'm assuming they don't want you to even get close to the quarterback because of risk of injuries. Yep. So, I mean, the only way for these quarterbacks to learn and experience the NFL game, the flow, I mean, also let's remind ourselves that Justin Fields also said the game was slow. Oh, you can see you can see it. That's not the case. No, I, I mean, that's but preseason and regular season are two different animals. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like you, you don't like granted. Obviously, we none of us play in the NFL, so we don't know what it's truly like. But I can even just tell you from high school, the D3 college, there's a huge gap, a massive gap in just speed, talent in general. I couldn't imagine from D1 to NFL. I mean, these guys are the elite of the elite. They're all there for a reason. Like, it, he's gonna he's gonna have to learn one way or another, and he's gonna have to play the play the Packers the rest of his career potentially. So he might as well get used to it. And again, I understand. And Alec, I would love your take on this too. I just don't understand what what good is it? I, yes, the experience thing, okay, but at this point, he's just gonna get hurt. The offensive line, and before the show, we were talking, and Dustin, you showed real evidence, statistical evidence. The Bears' offensive line has actually not been that bad, but it sure as hell looks like it because Dalton and Fields are running for their life, and it doesn't help that they have no weapons. I watched a little bit of the Bears game this past week. Cole Komet couldn't catch a cold. Darnell Mooney's their only guy, and when Darnell Mooney is your only guy, that's a problem for anybody, not just them. So I just, but Alec, I just don't understand at this point, other than experience. Why play this kid? You're just going to get him hurt. Yeah, I wouldn't rush him back. I mean, I I don't I don't see a point in it, especially with the uh, with the lack of playoff contention that the Bears are facing. It's really not worth risking him. I mean, for I think that it would be a better Andy Dalton with him being out. Maybe they just bring up a practice squad guy, put him out there. I mean, this game isn't going to be competitive anyway. David Montgomery being banged up. I mean, it's just it's a recipe for disaster. I almost feel bad for the kid. There's they're playing for nothing. You have a better chance to win with Justin Fields, but what are you playing for? You know what I mean? Like play Andy Dalton, get a higher pick. Actually, you know what? They don't even own their pick this year, which that's really sucks for them. But you know what I'm saying? Like you are playing for nothing. Why risk this kid's health? Also, they're probably gonna have a new coach. What pitch are they going to be like if he gets hurt on Sunday? You know, heaven forbid, you know, he separates his shoulder or something crazy. Okay, well, now you have to sell your new co- the new coach, whoever that may be. Oh, hey, come to Chicago. We have a young quarterback, but we got him killed last year. Like, what's the sales pitch going to be if your young quarterback is hurt? It just it doesn't make sense to me. And we're talking a lot of Bears here because there's not really a whole lot to talk about on the Packers side. They're getting healthier. They're rolling, and I, as we said, I don't think this game is going to be close. But I do want to go over something very quickly before we move on to this week's takeoff. The Packers can win the NFC North this weekend, which early December to win a division is insane. Like that, that just tells you how good this team has been, even as banged up as they are. Green Bay will win the NFC North this weekend on Sunday night if they beat the Bears, which seems likely. And the Vikings lose. Now, I don't know who Minnesota is playing quite yet. I am looking that up currently. But it seems likely. I This Minnesota team, I cannot figure out at all. One, one day they look great, and then this past week they lost to Detroit. 
two weeks after be- beating Green Bay and beating Green Bay when they should have won by a lot. I mean, it's just I don't I don't get it. So this week Minnesota has oh they have Pittsburgh they have the Thursday night game. So I, if Pittsburgh can take care of business with a banged up Roethlisberger and the well not even banged up with the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> We killed mean, that Bernie's Ben Roethlisberger. Exactly. Like if if Pittsburgh can take care of business, although they are going to Minnesota, it's a home game for Minnesota, so a little tougher. And who knows? Adam Thielen, I know, is already out for tomorrow. So who knows? But if Pittsburgh wins and Green Bay wins, Green Bay is not only in the playoffs, but they are kings of the north yet again. But, I mean, any other thoughts going into this game? Obviously, none of us sound nervous. And – we again we talk more bears than packers because we're not worried about that side. Yeah, bears are gonna have the brakes be beat off brakes beat off them. Excuse me, I can't talk today. Yeah, that's all I gotta say. Good enough for me. Good talk, Alec. <laughs> yep, Alec, thank you for always being a professional. Thank you, honeydew. Let's move on to the It's time to tempt fate. Hold up! Here's this week's bag of chaos all right so just an update we are all at 500 we've been doing this for six weeks now we are all three and three alec and i lost last week dustin won last week so we are all at three and three currently and let us bring up the nfl schedule for this week who did i have last week i don't even remember honestly you all right let's recap this quickly so, let's see. Dustin, you had New England, who squeaked out that weird game on Monday night. That was – can we, like, just, just for one quick second, because I know we got to you may here. Approach. One quick – sidebar may approach. You may. Okay. Can we just talk about how weird that game was? Like, I get it, like the conditions and everything, but that was such a weird football game to watch. Mac Jones threw, what, three passes the whole game? It was It was a game from a time machine. Yeah, this like is literally what it was. Back to 1914 when there were everything was just an option play to Chubby Checka and whoever else. I mean, Whitey Willoughby, Sid Luckman's, and Andrew Lux, like those type of people. <laughs> Andrew Luck. <laughs> Andrew Luck looks like he would be from the 1920s, was the joke I was trying to make. Paul Horning, generational talent. That's what I'm saying. That's what that game reminded me of. It was like watching a game in a time machine. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that was just that was such a weird game. That was so weird. That's yeah. all I can really say about that. We can be done with it now. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Rolling on. All right. So Alec had Minnesota last week. They lost to Detroit. Out. <laughs> That's uh, Dustin had New England, as we talked about, and I had the New Orleans Saints who lost on Thursday night football at home. Whatever. I didn't feel great about that. It turned out to be right. Also, fun fact, the first legal sports bet was made last week. It was the Saints to beat the Cowboys. So the first ever bet, legal bet in Wisconsin was a loss. Oh. Fun fact. All right, let's move on. Alec, you're first as always as we shake it up and we go to the bag. I know you, you like the rummage. Rummaging. All right, I have a helmet. Lines brought to you by CBS Sports, by the way. The Saints. The Saints this week are playing. You know, CBS Sports, thank you for doing this, but to go scroll through your site for the Lions is really absurd. 
Like, you're not a great way. Are the Saints on a bye week? Someone help me out here. I don't think so. I'm going to uh, put them back either way. I don't want to touch the Saints. Oh, Saints are at the Jets. They are six-point favorites. I don't want them. I, I have no Taysom confidence. Taysom Hill against the Jets? I have no confidence in the Saints at all. Put it back. This is my first quick right. of the year. And while I agree with you, I just against the Jets. I yeah, but all day. I don't know. I can see it being an upset, man. I really could. All right. I have your – this is what you're stuck with. The Chargers. Sick. The Chargers are something. They are at home against the Giants. They are 10-point favorites. So this, I would say, Sick. as it is, probably an upgrade for you this week. Yeah. Thanks, right. guys. Yeah. <laughs> no one's happy for you. No one wants to make this YouTube video, but we're all tied. So we move on to Dustin. It is your turn for the bag this week. I know you also like a good rummage, so let's give you a good rummage. All right, I've got a helmet in my hand. It is the Rams. The Rams are at Arizona on Monday night. We are three-point underdogs, and you didn't even think about it. You're throwing her back. I just Like you said, I have no faith in that team whatsoever. I, I'm out on the Rams. I, I really am. I don't think they're very good. They keep adding all these players. It hasn't helped. Von Miller was non-existent in that Packers game. Lucas Patrick made Aaron Donald look like a little kid. I mean, it was bad. Yeah, was he was throwing after Donald choked him. Yeah, yeah, he was throwing. How was that? How was that not a flag? The ref is like just trying to like break. He it was staring like, right at it. He's he like, he's like, he's like oh, don't do that. It's like, dude, hold the flag. And at the very least, that's illegal hands to the face. Exactly. At the very least, but I. I didn't understand that at all. And by the way, no national attention. Nobody was talking about it at all. Just like, oh, whatever. That's twice when the Packers have played the Rams against Aaron Donald has lost his mind and just starts choking people and throwing punches. No one talks about it. Well, because he's Aaron Donald. When Adamakin Sue did that shit, we roasted him. We're still roasting him oh, yeah. a decade later. Anyway, let's move on. Dustin, your second team is in my hand. It is the Titans. Yikes. The Titans of Tennessee Ew. are playing. Sorry, scrolling, scrolling. Oh, you're good. They are 10-point favorites at home against Jacksonville. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's as close yes. to an automatic win as you can get outside of a bye week team. I was so nervous. I'm like, they're going to be playing freaking Tampa Bay or something, and they're just going to get <laughs> annihilated. Hey, guys, who's better, Detroit or the Jaguars? I think uh, Detroit's better. Yeah, Detroit? I'd, give, I'd give it Detroit, yeah. Detroit, I saw this stat, not that we were talking Lions today, but until – and actually last week, so that's probably changed. They were 9-4 and four against the spread this year. That's wild. <laughs> For not winning one game, they were 9-4. and four. So if you bet the Lions every game this year, you made money. That's wild to me. All right. Think about the one point games they lost this year. They lost a lot of one point games. They're in every game. They're mm-hmm. not that. I mean, they're bad, but they're not that bad. I would take them over the Jets. I would take them over the Texans. Mm-hmm. And they're going to get the first pick, which is wild. Yep. All right. Rolling on here. My turn to the bucket. My first helmet. The Vikings. They are at home. Three point favorites against Pittsburgh. I don't like it, even against the Corpse. That is Ben Roethlisberger. I will take my chances and throw it back. So the next team I am rolling out with 
have a helmet in my hand. The Niners. Ooh. I don't love that. But who are they playing? They are playing. Oh, they are at Cincinnati. They are one-point underdogs. I don't like that at all. <laughs> but I'm stuck with them. I have no choice. So congratulations to you two. Um, hey. You probably got wins, and I did not. Alex, I actually – I don't know why. I've got a feeling that the Niners are going to win this week. So if I'm correct, then congratulations to you, my friend. Are you sure that's not the COVID talking? Hey. <laughs> Too just soon? I, just because I can't smell doesn't mean that you can make fun of it. Well, that means you can't do the old-fashioned sniff test. And I'll tell you what, the Niners don't really pass my sniff test. So, <laughs> for what that's worth. <laughs> but that will do it for the Bag of Chaos. Good luck to you, gentlemen. And, obviously, it's now time for the cornerstone of this whole show. It is time for this week's... Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Are you ready for a showdown? He had the craziest look in his eyes, and at one point he said, let's get it on. More than anything else, because this guy is a has-been. First on that, 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 that is blasphemous! Because it's time for the takeoff. Are you joking me? We're going to be spicy, no? Oh, and let the spiciness begin. Dustin, let's start with you. What is the take that is going to blow off and singe our eyebrows? You know, I gave this a couple takes. You know, I was going to go with Justin Fields because I like, you know, duking it out with you. It's the first time. Of course. But we're going to go. Those two always. But we're going to go ahead and pass on that one for now because I poked the bear enough today. Hey, oh, we're here once a week, folks. Thank you. Only the lockdown corner, everybody. All right, move on. <laughs> All right, my hot, spicy take for this week is I think in the next four years, A.J. Oh. Dillon will be the best running back in the league. Wow, that is that takes some castanas. Ooh, Alec, would you like to go first? Sure. Yeah, no, that, that's pretty spicy, my friend. I mean, on a scale of uh, ketchup to uh, Frank's Red Hot, I'd give that a Frank's Red Hot, which in my scale is five because Ooh. I am white. But um, <laughs> um, I, I'm going to give it a five, and I'm also going to take it um, because I think wow. that he is an absolute – monster on the field i think that he's gonna only continue to get better his one big weakness is his passing or his passing game being able to catch the ball consistently and he's already made leaps and bounds towards that so i don't know if he'll ever be an aaron jones type pass catcher but i could definitely see him getting close so you know i'll give you a five and i'll take that that's pretty good he's actually pretty good in the passing game i thought the last the last four games, he was targeted five, six, two, and four, and he caught all of them. Wow. 
Yeah, no, and like I said, I think that he's made leaps and bounds. I just, when I think of Aaron Jones as a pass catcher, my mind always goes back to that crazy game against the Chiefs. I think it was last year where Rodgers made that pass that looked like it was a throwaway, and somehow Jones came down with it looking like Devontae Adams. I mean, I I don't know if there's ever going to be a running back that'll be able to catch the ball quite like Jones, but I mean, A.J. Dillon, as you just said with those stats, is pretty pretty perfect on the well at least the last four games i don't i don't know how the show became i'm the straight man and you two are the rodeo clowns running around but uh this well i mean isn't it kind of true that's the secret sauce of this whole thing but i feel bad because i really want to believe this but i just have a tough time so four years you figure derrick henry will probably be out of the conversation by then right Dalvin Cook, at this point with the injuries and all that nonsense going on with him, he's probably out of the conversation. The one – it's tough. I want to say yes so badly. It's spicy. I'll give you a four. I can't uh, – I'm going to give you a five for spice, but I'm going to have to leave it because there's a guy in Indianapolis Jeez. whose offensive line is young, and they're going to be around for a long time yet. I I, th- I would just say Jonathan Taylor's got such a huge advantage. Green Bay always finds linemen. That is for sure. They can find they found Bakhtiari in the third. We talked about all this last week. If you haven't checked it out, check it out on our Apple Podcasts and Spotify feeds. Check that out. But we talked about all that last week. They can find offensive linemen wherever. I just oh, as much I love AJ Dillon. He's one of my favorite Packers on this current team. I just uh, I can't bring myself to say yes because there's just a couple other guys that just have the talent and the resources around them to give them a slight edge. I, the path is there. You can see it. I don't know if he'll be the top best guy, but top five, sure. You can see the path. So let me, I have to leave it, so that's a three from me. Let me use your argument against you a little bit here. So you you mentioned that part of what makes Jonathan Taylor so great is that young offensive line around him. Correct. Um, and you mentioned how the Packers just always seem to find good offensive linemen. That's Those true. young offensive linemen in Indy are all on rookie deals. They're all not making very much money, and soon the Colts are going to have to pay them. They're going to get depleted. The Colts have shown in the past with Andrew Luck that they don't necessarily make it a priority to keep that offensive line steady. That's why AJ, That's why uh, Andrew Luck is out there flipping burgers now instead of playing quarterback. No, nah, I'm sure he's doing great. He's a Stanford I, I don't know if you, Sidebar, I don't know if you've seen – Andrew Luck, but holy hell, does he look a lot happier. Ha- Let's try it again. He looks a lot happier and healthier for sure. Yeah, and I'm happy. I'm happy for him. That was just a little joke. But um, with with the Colts not really making an effort to protect him, I can't see him making an effort to keep Taylor protected. And they're going to have to pay those old linemen soon, whereas the Packers can always kind of strike gold in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth round with their linemen. So um, that's why I think that Dustin's take is pretty good. I, 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 uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I concede. There is a path. I just don't know that that's going to quite be the path because I just think there are other guys that not are better. They're definitely more talented. But like Jonathan Taylor, the Green Bay offensive line, for as good as they've been and as patchworked together and how cohesive they've been, I Jonathan Taylor's getting six yards before he's getting hit. 
Like that's special. Those dudes there are special. And they're I think they just signed up Quentin Nelson to a long-term deal. As long as you got that guy, you can figure out the rest later. You can find centers anywhere. I mean, look at the Packers. They've had like six outside of Corey Lindsley. It's just kind of this year, it's just a rotating bag of nonsense. And Lucas Patrick just so happy. Well, okay, sure. You can be the guy. And he's been pretty good. So we spent a lot of time on this. So we gotta move on. Alec, you're oh, so just to recap, it is a four overall for Dustin. Alec, five, take it. Me, five, leave it. Four for Dustin. Alec, what do you got this week? All right, so my take this week is a dual take, okay? So it's two takes in one. Call it a buy one, get one free, a twofer. Whatever you want to call it, the honeydew's serving it up. I have my takes this week being that, number one, uh, Baker Mayfield by week three of next year will not be the starting quarterback for the Browns. Baker Mayfield is going to be on the bench. Eventually, he'll be traded to some lackluster team. Maybe Vegas will decide to part ways with Derek Carr. Maybe he'll get traded to Detroit. Who knows? But either way, by week three of next year, Baker Mayfield will no longer be the starter for the Browns. He'll either be riding the bench or on another team. And number two is that Jamal Williams, by 2023, will be back on the Packers. I think that Aaron Jones will be gone. A.J. Dillon will be the starter. Jamal Williams will be the number two. Um, so I'll start with the Jamal Williams one. I'm going to grade your Baker one because the Jamal one, it, it's not quite as spicy for me. Not terribly I, spicy. but No, and you know what? I, who knows? Backup running backs come and go like crazy. So it's not inconceivable. But I do believe that Williams and Dylan have a similar skill set, which would make bringing him back kind of redundant. They probably need more of a scat back type complement to AJ Dillon. So I would say that one probably is less likely. The Baker Mayfield thing, I, I don't want to be a Baker defender either, although I do really like Baker Mayfield. Much like Justin Fields, I guess I'm going to defend him. It's hard to know what they truly have because they won 10 games last year and were really good. And he was solid. He's ne- he's never, he's never going to be Rodgers. He's never going to be Mahomes. His ceiling is a lot lower than I think all of us thought. But with him being so hurt, just physically unable to do the stuff that we've seen him do, it's really hard to evaluate. So I and think – And here's my thing. Can, can, I, can I rebuttal just a little bit here? Sure. All right. So – my thing with, with Jamal Williams is I agree that his running style is very similar to A.J. Dillon's, but where he differs is that A.J. Dillon, if you ever watched him try and pass block, his pass blocking is not good. Well, If, if there's yeah. one other thing that A.J. Dillon needs to work on, it's his pass blocking, and Jamal Williams is like a savant with that. He's, a, he's an outstanding pass blocker. So that's why I think that he'd be great to come back, not only for him to be able to come in on those passing downs, but for him to be able to help A.J. Dillon to learn that. But with my Baker take, number two, I'm not saying that Baker Mayfield's bad. I'm just saying that he is not going to be a starter for the Browns. Look at Matthew Stafford. He was all right for the Lions for many, many years. Then he made a change of scenery to L.A. And for the first half of the year, 
looked great, and now he's starting to taper off. I would say that him and Matthew Stafford have about the same skill level. They have about the same skill set, except Baker's maybe a little bit more athletic than him. And I think that they're going to be going down similar paths where he's going to need to finish his career somewhere else, even though Matthew Stafford stayed longer with the Lions than he will with the Browns. I I want to – Dustin, I want to let you go here. I'm just going to quick get my last point across in rebuttal here. I would say Stafford is better than Mayfield. I think Stafford just happened to be in Detroit. But I also think that's part of the Baker argument that I'm making too. How long was it? I mean, it was 20 years before they had someone like Baker Mayfield. It was trash. And now it, you know what I mean? Like if you're crawling through the Sahara Desert and it's dry, but you get a little drip of water, it's like, oh, I got to find more of that specifically. So what I think, what I'm trying to say by that is it took Cleveland so long to get a quarterback of even his caliber is the reason why I think they're going to stick with him longer than, say, if he was in New York or Chicago or anywhere like that. I just think they're going to stick with him because it took them so long to get someone even with his skill set. Dustin, what what say you, good sir? Sure. So... I'll do the Williams one first as well. And uh, I'm kind of with you in this one, Alex. I think I will. I mean, I love Jamal Williams. I love him. I like his personality. I like the way he plays. There's not much not to like about the guy. And like, obviously I'm sure if the Packers make it work out, they would do it. But I just personally don't see it. Cause like you said, the skill sets are similar and really there's no kind of reason to bring it back in. Even if he could teach, like that's the whole part of like having coaches to help teach this kind of stuff. So there's no point in bringing a mentor back and paying him to do it when you're already paying coaches to do that. So I think that when we do – because I do think we're going to let Jones go, which is kind of inevitable at this point. I think we're going to keep Dylan and Kylan Hill or Kalen Hill, however you want to pronounce his name, because I think I think Hill's good. I think he is really good, and I think he is our next scat back. I think that's what's going to happen yep. with him. So uh, – and then with the Baker one, that, that's an interesting one because – you think a lot of the a lot of the first round like or like quarterbacks they've had in the past and how much time they've really gave them to like make something work and it hasn't been long. And so that's why I like I want to say that I'm going to take this but at the same time like Baker is one of the better quarterbacks they've had in a long time but at the same time you look at all the other first round quarterbacks they've taken it's been a season or two and they're done. So that's where I'm kind of mixed because like I could see it, but I couldn't see it because, like, Baker just can't stay healthy. And how many chances are they going to give him to be like, you got to stay healthy, otherwise we're going to let you go? The only thing that makes me think he's going to get the extra, the extra year, if not years, I do think they. I mean, they were just trash before Baker led him to the playoffs. I can say what you want, but financially, that's huge for Cleveland. The fact that they actually made it to the playoffs is just in general pretty huge for Cleveland and just for their fan base. I just I have a hard time seeing them saying no because I don't know what their options are. It's not like there's an elite quarterback in this class, for sure. I the class this upcoming class for quarterbacks, not good. And we could talk about that in April when that comes around. I just I don't I mean they're probably better off running with Case Keenum right now, with Baker being so hurt. I don't think they, they would be any worse. I just I think he's going to get the benefit of the doubt because of where they were 
and then last year making the playoffs. And if Baker's healthy, they probably make the playoffs this year too. And they probably still will with Baker at like 40% of what he actually is. So my score, I'm going to give you a four for Spice. I'm going to leave it though because I do think he'll be there all of next year. And then after that, you know, we'll go from there. So it's a two for me. Dustin, what say you? Oh god! So this is actually this is probably this is the first one that's truly stumped me because like I don't know how to feel about it. Like I really don't. <laughs> if nothing so else, I'm proud of that stumping the great mind of Dustin Burgundy. Everybody knows he's the thinker. Yep, yep, I am. Especially when it comes to football, I love thinking about football. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, wow, this is a, this is a tough one. This is. Uh, I, I'm gonna leave it because I do think they like Baker and his av- attitude. I think they're going to give him another season for sure, especially like you said, Al, bringing him to the playoffs. Yeah, I think they're going to give him more time, seeing he's more successful. Um, so yeah, I'm going to leave it, but I'll give you a five because it was pretty spicy. Darn. All right, that gives Alec a two point five. Mine is not going to be spicy, and we don't have to spend a lot of time on this because I think Dustin will end up being our winner here today. But let me throw my two cents in the mix. I am claiming right now that the Philadelphia Eagles will make the playoffs. Here's why. Their last four games, they're 6-7 and right now. The bottom half of the NFC is dog shit. It's not good. So their last four games, they have two against Washington, one against Dallas, and one against the Giants. They can probably go two and two, which would bring them to eight and nine. That's going to be good enough to make the playoffs. So I am just going to flat out say I think the Eagles make the playoffs. Jalen Hurts, I've been not impressed. It's probably the wrong word. He's been fine. He's been solid. Minshew, obviously they have a nice plan B if Hurts is still injured or they just say, you know what, let's go with Minshew for a while. I mean, they have two solid enough quarterbacks against those three teams. They probably lose at Dallas. They probably win against the Giants, and they'll probably split with Washington. So I think the Eagles make the playoffs. Yeah, I'll give you a a four on that, but I'm also going to leave it because I think it's spicier than you were giving it credit, but I I just don't see it happening. I mean, I – the, the NFC is, is really stacked this year, and I just I can't see them making it in even with the extra playoff spot. Um, actually, this this one I could see happening because the Eagles are one game out. I mean, this is this is a I mean you got to think about the Washington Reds, the, not the Redskins. Excuse me, sorry, Washington football team is in the playoffs currently. Cancel. Yeah, I know. It's great. Yeah, everyone continue. cancel me. Sorry, guys, I just got the show canceled. But anyways. Um, it's it's hard to believe that I think Washington's six and six, correct? So Washington right now is six and six. Yes. So actually, this is wild. The NFC East could have three playoff teams. Washington right now is the sixth seed, and if San Fran, if the Eagles and San Francisco goes the Eagles' way, the Eagles, Washington, and Dallas will be in the playoffs. That is how trash the the bottom half of the NFC is. I, I like San Francisco over the Eagles, though. I mean, the San Francisco from a pure talent perspective, I mean, it's I mean, not just, even close. They don't the, – the problem with San Francisco is they don't close all games ever. Like, they're, they're always red hot start of the game, and then it just seems like – because I watched the Seattle-San Francisco game, and it just seems like San Francisco doesn't know how to close out a game. Like, just don't know how to do it. I, just, I Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You can go. You can go. So – 
if you watch the Big Five from this past week, we had the San Francisco game from last week on the show. And I got to quote Sean here because it's so accurate. Who on San Francisco scares you? You know what they're going to do. They're going to hide Garoppolo. They're going to run the football. And looking at the rest of their schedule, so San Francisco the rest of the way. This week at Cincinnati. That's going to be a tough game. Then they go – they're at home against Atlanta. Say what you want about Atlanta. That's not going to be a cakewalk. They'd probably win that game, but it's not going to be fun. Like, it's not going to be a fun game for them. At Tennessee, probably a loss. Houston, probably a win. But then at L.A., depending on what Rams team shows up, maybe they figure it out by then. I mean, they got a tough road ahead. And the Eagles have a pretty easy schedule, as I just laid out. It's conceivable. I I don't know. I I don't think that the Titans have any chance of beating San Francisco. And as far as who scares me, I mean, they got George Kittle. He's pretty scary. Brandon Ayuk's pretty scary. Um, That defense is pretty scary. I don't know. I, I, I just... I feel like closing out games is something that good teams figure out how to do in the second half of the year. I think that Eli Manning won Super Bowls because of it, and I'm not going to get duped by a team uh, that has that has given us a lot of trouble in the past, especially with as talented of a roster as the uh, Niners have. I, I guess this will have to be one of those situations where we have to agree to disagree because I just – Nah. Well, you're right. The talent is definitely leaning more towards San Francisco. Their schedule is just a lot harder, and I just don't see it. I really don't. So, I guess grade me, and we'll get to the random packer of the week since we are running a little long here, and we'll get out of here. Yeah. So, uh, why did you guys have to pick hard ones? Where I have to think about this. Like these are both these are both stumpers. Like good. I I just laid out my case. These are good ones. These are good ones. I'll admit that. Okay. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you five because I mean, really, it's gonna be a toss up, so it's pretty spicy. But I'm gonna leave it because I think either San Francisco or a team below them is gonna gonna get in. And totally fair. That's why it was a hot take. So I, thanks for playing the game. <laughs> so this week's master debater is Dustin. As I predicted before I even went, Dustin, you are this week's master debater. Congratulations with your A.J. Dillon take. Master debater here. (laughs) You are a master debater. And I don't need to say any more than that. (laughs) Time to move on. It's time to get wacky. It's time for Random Packer of the Week. All right, we'll let the champ go. Dustin, who's your random packer this week? Oh, shoot. Sorry, I got to pull him up. I, I do my research before, you know, very, very well planned, organized. <laughs> well, otherwise, honeydew, what do you got? Um, y'all remember Dorsey Levens? Heck, yeah. Yeah, that, that's my random packer of the week this week. I'm barely old enough to remember him, but the reason that I remember him is because I was a huge Ryan Grant fan when oh, I was yeah. young. And my oh, grandpa yeah. told me that he would never buy me a Ryan Grant fan, a jersey because he was half the running back that Dorsey Levens was. So that's there's uh, there's mine. That's awesome. Well, while Dustin's pulling his up, I will give mine. I don't know if y'all remember this guy. This is like when I was first watching the Packers, like when I first like started to understand what I was watching. 
Vonnie Holiday, defensive end from the University of North Carolina. I I don't know if you guys even remember that name. I know I'm the old guy, and you guys are a little younger than I am. But yeah, I mean, he was like one of the first guys I played with in Madden, and that was re- that's really the only reason I'm bringing his name up. <laughs> well, I'm glad that I now know more about Bonnie Holiday. Oh yeah, I don't think he was terrible. He played for quite a while. Uh, he retired actually in 2012. It says here with Green Bay, he played five years. Had 32 sacks. Not terrible. Five years. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Sorry, guys. I was trying to... Sorry. I, was... I apologize. I was trying to look for a certain name, and for some reason, I'm, I have the Packers, like, full all-time roster up. Could not find his name whatsoever. So, that's good. good list, fellas. But, anyways, <laughs> uh, my random Packer of the week is Frank Zombo. Oh, yeah. Good old Frank. Linebacker from Central Michigan. That that dude was so clutch for them during that Super Bowl run. It was wild. That is a blast from the past. He actually had a good second half of his career with Kansas City, if I remember. Uh, Let's see. I don't don't remember him leaving. Who remembers a lot of Frank Zombo? Yeah. (laughs) So... um, I think his first season in Kansas City went okay. He played. He started five games, had five sacks. So, probably starting five games, hitting five sacks, not bad. Yeah, I mean, he's you know he's an extra piece. He's never he's never going to be the missing piece. But yeah, that's a fun name, and that will do it for us this week. I didn't think we'd talk about Frank Zombo this week, but you never know what you're going to get here on the Lockdown Corner. So for that reason, make sure you check out our Facebook page. A lot of our content is driven through there. We kind of funnel it through our Facebook page. Make sure you check that out. Also, if you could, subscribe to our YouTube page. We have a lot of stuff going on there. Big Al's Big Five will be coming back this week. Sean demolished me. Again, thanks, Raiders, for nothing. Make sure you tune into that. He was, by the way, I think he's listening. Sean, you are awesome. I got so many compliments from people on how prepared and how well-spoken you are. So we are happy to have you back. Well, maybe we'll have to get you on the mothership here on the lockdown corner. But thank you for doing that. We'll see you again this week. Make sure you turn in to tune in to our YouTube page, uh, Facebook, Twitter. I think I said them all. I don't remember. I'm spinning here. Anyway, <laughs> thank you. That's what I'm trying to say. Thank you for listening to this week's edition. Sorry it fell apart at the end as I lose confidence, as you can hear it in my voice. Uh, Thank you. Oh, my. Yeah. I was was spinning my wheels. I'm like, did I get everything? Did I get everything? Anyway, enjoy enjoy the Bears game. Thank you for listening. And as always, oh, my God. Now he hits the wrong imaging. Falling apart. Enjoy the Bears game. Goodbye. And. And I hit the I didn't get this streaming in time. Bye!